views expressed on this program are those of the hosts, guests, and callers, and are not necessarily those of this station, its management, or other advertisers. You're listening to Transformation Talk Radio. Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Martini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show that's coming up right next. The following audio is via a Skype call. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Hello, welcome to the Dr. Pat Show, and I am Steve Kramer. I'm sitting in for Dr. Pat as a guest host, and I'm joined with my co-host, Dorothy Riddle. Hey, Dorothy. Hi, Steve. It's great to be with you. So this is the third of our guest spots. We've done three shows now, and I'm so excited to talk about change. So today we're going to talk about navigating change. We've done three shows. The first show, we talked quite a bit about the election. We, we talked about having a spiritual approach to the election. Boy, talk about change. It seems the theme of change has been there in all of our episodes. So obviously people were recognizing they weren't happy with the way they were being represented by government and they wanted to change. I mean, that's pretty much the election cycle. We decide if we're happy with what's going on or not happy and we elect new officials. That certainly happened. Pretty big change. And our second show was about gratitude. I know both Dorothy and I, in our personal lives and professional lives, we experienced a lot of people who were feeling fearful or feeling uh, uh, sort of the results of that election, of that push-pull and us versus them. People were feeling a lot of emotions and sometimes negative emotions. And we focused on gratitude. It was the time of Thanksgiving. Focused on being grateful for what you have, creating space and being able to observe that which you've already got in this world and generating gratitude. And now on our third show, here we are at the subject of change, which I love this subject. So Dorothy and I thought this would be a great time. We're approaching the winter solstice. And it is a time when we see the Festival of Lights, which tells us a lot about change. Interesting that the Festival of Festival of Lights would be at the darkest time of year. It's when we see a lot of religions and uh, a lot of celebrations that talk about light. Uh, the Diwali and the Deepavali, the Hindus, the Jans and the Sikhs and the Buddhists celebrate that Hanukkah, Christmas, all themes of light illuminating darkness. So spiritually, it signifies not only light over dark, but good over evil, knowledge over ignorance, hope over despair. So essentially, it's celebrating change. And I find it interesting that in the darkest of night, the days when we've got the longest period of darkness, that's when we're going to talk about light. It's because light becomes incredibly meaningful because its absence shows us and allows us to go deeper into a reverence for light. So uh, 
Dorothy, that was a lot of talking, but I got on a roll. <laughs> so change. I mean, it's a, it's a lovely subject, huh? Yeah, and that's absolutely true, Steve. I'd like to ground us a little bit in the fact that we change all the time. You know, we totally. tend to think about change or talk about change as though it's something that happens occasionally. It happens to us. Is something that we try to avoid, those kinds of things. But our body is constantly changing. You know, our digestive cells change every two to four days, our red blood cells every four months, uh, our skin every two to three weeks. We, we don't recognize that we're, we are a continuous demonstration of change just in ourselves, even if we didn't look outside at nature and see uh, the changes going on there. And I think it's important for us to keep in mind, Steve, that change is necessary to life. If we remain static, we become toxic. And I just want to give tribute to my mother, who was a nutritionist, and she, would, uh, she talked a lot about the importance of elimination. You know, if you don't, in your physical body, if you don't eliminate, you get constipated, you can literally die from that. So we always have to be moving out the old and making room for the, for the new. It's a cycle that is critical to our very existence. Indeed. I mean, we, we talk about that in meditation quite a bit, uh, that our breath is, is constant. It's why meditation is constantly bringing us back to our breath, because it happens. If We, we cannot even stop breath from happening if we hold our breath you were just talking about if we if we stop change it becomes toxic well carbon dioxide poisoning if we really stopped the flow of breath we we would die from carbon dioxide poisoning but but Absolutely. guess what we would pass out first and life has got a greater plan <laughs> it's built in <laughs> that we will start breathing again but i love that 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 we you know that helps us to sort of realize that whether we know it or not, change is built in in that automatic breathing. But also, as you say, in our in our in our cells, constantly cells dying off, cells coming in, cells dying off. Yeah, all the time. It's all around us. Mm-hmm. And it's I also critical, oh, well, it's critical to allow for new directions. Right? We can't uh, otherwise. We're stuck in the same old thing unless we're open to the possibility of change. We're stuck with. The ideas that uh, that we first heard, we we can't explore, we can't stretch ourselves unless we are willing to open ourselves to a more conscious change process. Right, we wither. I love that that you brought uh, cells and and sort of the science. Your your mom being a nutritionist, because. You know, I, I read a lot of books on, on, on chemistry and science and the brain. I'm sort of fascinated by the brain and, and meditation and health and healing. And you hear these all of these areas of science like biochemistry and neuroscience and neuroplasticity and psychoneuroimmunology, quantum physics, epigenetics. All of those sciences talk about possibility. So, and they're all showing us that we're preloaded with this equipment to change, that it's a part of who we are, which is what you're saying, that, that we've got to keep evolving. You know, evolution is really, is really a part of who we are. And I find it wonderful that science and spirituality come together. You know, science might ask, where did we come from and where are we going and really want to find the truth behind that. But spirituality asks the same questions. It asks, who am I and what's my purpose? So 
both science and spirituality ask these versions of sort of like, what's life all about? What happens when change occurs? And why is it so hard sometimes? So that that whole process is really built into both science and spirituality. And it's a lot of questioning. It has us questioning a lot and um, sort of taking stock of our of our reality. Right. And building on you know, what you were just mentioning about neuroplasticity and possibility, uh, I think it, it, we don't actually take that as seriously as we need to. We're becoming much more serious in the area of nutrition, you know, what kinds of foods we take in and whether we eat gluten or sugar or, you know, there's all kinds of different ideas about what is and is not good for us. But we don't think about other modalities. For example, for myself, one of the choices that I've made is I do not watch violent movies. I don't Mm -hmm. want to put into my mind, into the way in which I think about the world, violence. And so that I can consciously avoid. I can't necessarily avoid it if I want to keep up with the news and that kind of thing, although I try to get balance in terms of the positive things that are happening in the world, not just the, the negatives that are happening. But I think it's important for us to remember that uh, we are continuously evolving. That's the, you know, the change process, even if we don't think about spiritual development and spiritual um, evolution. But the, very neuropla- the neuroplasticity of our system means that anything that we take in is going to have an impact on us. So let's choose what it is we want to take in. Indeed, there's a there's a mystical text from the Ageless Wisdom teachings that I love, and they it, it talks about the it says I'm going to read it. It says the facts are the form absorbs and uses the waters in which it is immersed, and as a result, it grows in strength. And to me, that talks about neuroplasticity, that the form absorbs and uses the waters in which it's immersed. Uh, you know, that which we surround us ourselves by is what we will become. We, we really are that. You know, we are the product of our, of our thoughts. We're the product of our feelings and we're the product of our actions. That's our personality. And as you say, if, if you are going to surround yourself for, in, it, with violent movies and really depressing, uh, really sort of aggressive news, th- that will build neuropathways in your brain and sort of fear and drama and negativity and conflict will really start to become the feelings you experience all the time. And eventually that will build a reality for you that will reflect that on the outside. So indeed, neuroplasticity, you know, there was a time when we didn't even believe our brains could change. We thought our brains were just computers that we we learned what we learned and that created our reality and that's who we were. But wow, science has shown us something quite different, huh? Absolutely. And there's another element which is which is at least for me even harder and that is you were saying, you know, whatever you surround yourself with, that includes the people that I choose to be with. If I choose mm. to be with people who are afraid of change, who are depressed, you know, who see only the glass half empty, then I'm going to start to absorb that way of looking at the world. Whereas if I choose to be with people who, uh, who feel empowered, who are always looking for possibilities, uh, positive possibilities, who see hope in the world, uh, who are grateful for what happens for them, then that 
going to absorb. Mm, choice. And that's your choice, Dorothy. I love right. that. You know, choice is built into us and it's a key factor. Uh, and, and those people that have limited belief systems, you know, we really realize that choice isn't really so much an option for them. So we're going to go to a break. And when we come back, I'd love to talk about that. You know, where limited belief systems really don't offer us, uh, you know, the, the possibility of change and how we can turn that around. We'll be right back. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show, talk radio to thrive by. I am so thrilled to be talking to all of you. We have got talk radio for all of us. Are you ready and willing and able to accept all of the abundance you can muster up in your life? Check us out at drpatshow.com, transformationtalkradio.com, transformationradio.fm. Tune in to The Jen Royster Show, intuitive guidance to inspire your life, each Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific and 11 a.m. Eastern on TransformationTalkRadio.com. This amazing show is an inspirational hour that will take you on an epic metaphysical journey to discover the spiritual approach to life's greatest challenges. Dr. Jen is an internationally known intuitive counselor, spiritual teacher, and energy healer. Call in for intuitive readings and visit JenRoyster.com for more information. There are so many resources out there for meditation. But did you know that Atana's Heart Earth Healing Meditation is available for you for free? Yes, that's right. You can receive this free healing meditation today from Atana Badili. All you need to do is visit his website, atanamethod.com. That's A-T-A-A-N-A method.com and sign up. You will receive your free meditation instantly. That's atanamethod.com. Is traditional medicine not working for you? Do you still feel as if your health isn't 100%? Here at the Holistic Medical Center, Dr. Nushin Darvish and the qualified staff look through the dimensions of wellness and start a healing plan prioritized to your needs. Our physicians assess the whole you until complete health is achieved. Get the help you need by visiting drdarvish.com or call 425-451-0404. A word of caution, if you prefer the status quo and you are not interested in improving every aspect of your life, this book will trigger the shift out of you. The Truth is Funny, Shift Happens is available now. Author Colette Steffen brings the powerful knowledge and life-changing energy and empowerment from the radio airwaves to the pages of her new book. To get your copy in paperback or ebook, visit thetruthisfunny.com today. Sky Siegel co-hosts one of today's most popular psychic shows, Angels and Answers, with Artie Hoffman as she communicates healing messages from the spirit world. These messages can be astounding, enlightening, and life-changing. Born with the God-given talent of inner guidance and the amazing ability to heal, Sky has healed thousands of people. Schedule a reading with Sky now. Call 908-500-1474 and visit skyofangels.com. Tell me why did they load the guns here? I remember in the days when we were one heart, no need to be 
Hello, welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show. My name is Steve Kramer. In case you don't know, I am one of the co-hosts of Spirit Fire Radio. We're starting a new season uh, next year, and Dorothy will be my co-host. So this is wonderful. The last three shows have been a bit of a fun warm-up for us, huh, Dorothy? Yes, absolutely. And I'm with the School for Esoteric Studies. So yes. we have, we're going to have two, two very interesting perspectives on all the issues that we talk about. Really wonderful, bringing a you know yeah a real sound sort of spiritual uh, practical language to spiritual topics. So we are talking about change, and uh, we're talking about navigating change and how do we do that. And Dorothy, you mentioned before we went to break, you mentioned that that you know y- you are very discriminating in the people you surround yourself with, in what you sort of. Um, will put around you, even in terms of television, in terms of movies, like you realize that what's coming into your mind and into your body body vibrationally is going to create oftentimes what you're expressing. So I think that a lot of our listeners would know what that's like to be around people who are negative or who are fearful of change. So I'd love if we could talk about that for a little bit. You know, I have an interesting fact in front of my, in front of me here that says, we think about 50,000 thoughts a day. Now, I've even seen that number go up to 70,000 thoughts a day. And they say that the majority of those, almost 80% of those thoughts we're thinking today are the same thoughts we were thinking yesterday and those the same as the day before. So we really build this system of thoughts that we are thinking. And as we often say, Dorothy, you and I, both in our esoteric studies and teachings, that energy follows thought. Our thought really has much to do with the way we create our future. And so they say that 80% of individuals are thinking – no, let me see this right. 80% of the thoughts that individuals are thinking are negative. That's 40,000 negative thoughts a day. And I would say that a lot of that negativity is to show us what we don't want so that we can move in a direction to what we do want. Because often when we experience something negative, that's great impetus for us to change. You know, a lot of us will will wait until sort of there's drama or crisis or illness or, uh, you know, some real big problem that's right in front of us to say, all right, now it's time to change. It's not necessarily the way it has to be. But. A lot of us are surrounded by that, about by that negativity. So I'm wondering, Dorothy, you know, how do we go about in, in your mind? How do we go about rising above that and either removing ourselves from the people who are uh, fearful or really stuck in a pattern and won't change, or create that for ourselves if we're feeling fearful? Well, uh, that's an that's an excellent question or set of questions, Steve. And I think we always have to start with ourselves. Whatever we are putting out is going to influence our environment. Uh, it's not a matter of trying to fix other people. It's a matter of, of focusing on ourselves. So I, to, to me, the first thing is that I need, I need to take ownership over what is it, the energy that I'm putting out, the thoughts that I'm putting out. It's always possible to find a, neg- a negative spin, if that's what you're looking for, or a positive spin to what's happening. And so if you choose the positive spin, you know, what are the opportunities that are opening up? What is it uh, that has become possible that wasn't possible before? Then, uh, then you start generating a positive cycle. Now, one of the challenges is uh, all the literature that we have on emotions 
is that we spend, I don't have the kind of percent that you have about thoughts, but the vast majority of our uh, emotional bandwidth, if you, if you will, are negative emotions. And so we have, when people are asked about positive emotions, they have relatively few terms. They have very little uh, differentiation in terms of the way in which they experience the world positively. So that, I think, is a really important place to, to start, to expand our repertoire, to expand the possibility of the positive, and to consciously, I mean, this is what I, what I have done in my life, is when I find myself thinking something negative or I find myself saying something negative, reframing that. And I don't mean being naive. I mean finding what it is that is the positive part of that, that I can go with rather than the fear and the negativity. And, you know, that can be great fun. Uh, we, we sometimes think about change. Uh, I know in, we were talking about this quite a bit in just getting ready for this show. And you said, you know, I really don't want this show and change to just be about, oh, my life is awful and I want to make it better. I want change. Change can actually be a really fun thing, you know, to make that a priority to observe negative thoughts you might have and very quickly look for ways to reframe that in the positive can really be a wonderful uh, experience. It can be great fun. It can be sort of a challenge that, that we can enjoy. And mm -hmm. I find well, I we get – go on. <laughs> I was just going to say there's a, there's a model of learning that I find very helpful in thinking about this in terms of recognizing about why we get nervous and, and upset and fearful in the change process. And that is that whenever, where we start from always is an unconscious level, the things that are habitual that come easily to us. And so if there's something that we need to change um, or other we're in a, for example, a work situation where we're required to change, then uh, our first issue is to move from unconscious incompetence, uh, unconsciously not knowing what to do, to conscious incompetence, where we recognize that there is something new that we need to learn. And so we, we get resources for exploring that, and then we think everything's going to be just fine, but it's not. There's another stage which is called conscious competence, which is when you know the new behavior, you know what you need to be doing, but it's not habitual yet. And it feels awkward, and it can be embarrassing. And that's the point at which people often retreat, or they, they say, you know, I really don't like this. I'm really uncomfortable. I'm not going to go ahead. I've lived all over the world. I've worked all over the world. And this is the element that is often called culture shock, where you come suddenly everything that was habitual in your own culture in terms of, of uh, looking at people, how close you stood to them when you shake hands, all of those kinds of little things suddenly no longer work, and you have to consciously think of what to do. So once you move past that point, then you're into unconscious competence, and that's the comfortable stage. But there is always in my experience, an uncomfortable period in the change process. And if we can
can recognize that and embrace that and say, oh, good, this means that, you know, I'm moving right along. I'm, I'm on track. I'm doing exactly what I need to do. Uh, and it, it can be just to take that, Steve, into a different arena. I've moved, I don't know, over 50 times in my life. And there's always that period when you move into a new community where you don't know people and you feel alone and isolated. And uh, if you know, as I know from the move, that if I'll wait it out for six months, that will shift. There are things that I can do to reach out. But I have to expect that when I go into that situation, there's going to be that period. So if we can, if we can anticipate that there will be a period of discomfort that comes with change, then we don't have to be fearful of it. We don't have to resist it. We don't have to get down on ourselves about it. And what I'm hearing is that it's a constant evolution, that it's always moving. And know that just because it feels uncomfortable now, it might not always be that way. And I, I find that people will get caught in that I'm feeling lonely here in this new place and from there really get stuck and not realize, well, it's a constant evolution. You know, even our emotions are, are, are constantly evolving and are constantly in motion. So as long as we can recognize that it's a process, that there is always a process to change and that if we can get in that flow, you know, then we're in a place, um, we're in a place that makes it easier to observe and see and name that which is coming our way that's different and embrace it. But for instance, you know, you could be feeling, um, say somebody's feeling fearful or they're feeling, I'm trying to think of some negative emotions, like they're feeling resentment or remorse. And you might think that's bad or you might be feeling isolated and lonely. Well, perhaps that's not bad because perhaps before you were feeling remorseful or resentful, you were feeling powerless or helpless or overwhelmed. So at least remorse is specific and it's a bit of a higher vibration. It's moving on from helplessness. It's clear. And, and perhaps next uh, from from feeling resentment, you're going to feel anger or annoyance and you're still moving in the right direction. So it's not necessarily a bad thing. In fact, I'd say you're doing great because maybe that anger is going to move to acceptance and then that's going to move to curiosity. Then that might move to clarity and the clarity might be, might even move to gratitude for the whole process. So what's interesting is we have to be aware that that we're constantly evolving and just try to stay in that flow and realize for you, boy, 50, 50 different moves. That's a lot of, that's a lot of emotion. You know, that's a lot of really navigating. Wow. Everything's different. I've got to rebuild or I've got to, um, sort of reestablish my, my relationship with my environment. So I think staying in the flow and realizing, as you said, at the very beginning of the show, change is built into us. It will happen whether we like it or not. And we are in it. It's a fact. And to try to just move with it is a really wonderful thing. Yes. And when we come back, Steve, I hope we can talk uh, specifically about the change process and the fact that we always have the choice of having it happen to us or choosing it. <laughs> Absolutely. We can get hit with a feather or we can get hit with a two by four. <laughs> We're going to go to a break. We'll be right back with the Dr. Pat show. I'm going to make a change. 
This is Leslie Fontaine, and my show is Sheer Alchemy on TransformationTalkRadio.com. When we're bogged down with our emotions, the hardships that plague us in our relationships, at work, our finances, we literally can't see the higher plane where we could be operating from. Tune in to Leslie Fontaine, Sheer Alchemy on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Are you ready to stop stress, anxiety, and low self-esteem from running your life? Join award-winning author Dr. Friedemann Schaub for Empowerment Radio and learn breakthrough solutions to switch out of survival mode and approach every day with great ease, joy, and purpose. Tune in the first and third Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific to Empowerment Radio with host Dr. Friedemann Schaub on Transformation Talk Radio. Visit thefearandanxietysolution.com to learn more. Tune in to Dynamics of Diversity Radio, scripting the new narrative for immigration with leading experts Kripa Upadhyay and Steve Tanijo on TransformationTalkRadio.com. This show will remove the noise that often accompanies discussions on this topic and share a new perspective on the dynamics of immigration and diversity, ever reminding us that together we are all at the core of innovation, excellence, and positive change. Visit OrbitLawPLLC.com for upcoming topics. Chris Stainis is a spiritual leader and healer and teaches a course on how you can transform your life through a meditation and healing system that will manifest your spirit's dreams. She manifested the Women of Wisdom Conference, the Women of Wisdom book, and this radio show. And she can show you how to change your life, too. Are you ready? Visit the website and contact her at VoicesOfWomenToday.com. That's VoicesOfWomenToday.com. Would you like to experience life-transforming adventures in personal expansion and world service? If you do, tune in to learn about magical innate abilities that you can develop and use to make your dreams come true. Joy Elaine is author of The Joy Chronicles, and she's inviting you and millions of others to join her in working with galactic masters, angels, and the Ashtar Command as they assist humanity and planet Earth to achieve their ultimate destination of ascension. For more information about this upcoming event and broadcast, visit joyelaine.com. That's joy, E-L-A-I-N-E, dot com. What if your body and mind were the compasses to the secrets, mysteries, and magic of life? Glenna Rice, co-host of The Questionable Parent, is inviting you to access all that is possible. Glenna is a 10-year certified veteran access consciousness facilitator who offers an amazing variety of life-changing classes and workshops. Work with Glenna from anywhere with teleclasses and workshops all over the globe. To learn more and see Glenna's current schedule of events, classes, and workshops, visit GlennaRice.com.
Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show. I love that, Benny. I love hearing man in the mirror. We were just talking about that. Personal responsibility as it pertains to change. <laughs> Take a look at the man in the mirror. So, Dorothy, we were talking about change. We're talking about navigating change on this show. And you just said something so interesting in the last segment that I did not know about you. You have lived in over 50 different homes, uh, 50 different environments. That's a lot of change. It seems like change is sort of something that's wired into you. It's in your, it's in your life. It's in your system. Um, I'm curious through all that. I'm curious what the biggest change has been for you. What, what of all those changes, what really stands out? Well, that's a great question, Steve. And I, I would say, I mean, there are many, there, as you can imagine, there are a number of choices I could make, but I think Probably the one most meaningful for this show is uh, that I I was well along in my professional life and I got fired as a scapegoat. Uh, somebody else wasn't doing what they were supposed to do. I got fired. It was came completely out of the blue. I was unprepared. As you can imagine, it was uh, it, it was a complete shock. It was very difficult not to blame myself to try to second-guess what I could have done differently or should have done differently. And I have to say that at the time, I couldn't see any upsides. I mean, it, it was just a complete disaster. It was going to be a financial disaster uh, in every way. But When talk about force change, I mean, that's a force. You didn't even see it coming. So there's one thing right. when we're prepared for change, but another thing when it's just put upon you. So that's go right. Ahead. Exactly. Exactly. Now, when I look back, as a result of that particular juncture in my life, uh, I moved to Canada, which I had never planned to do. I got enormous, an enormous range of professional opportunities here that I would never have gotten if I had stayed uh, where I was in the United States. Um, I met my life partner, um, and I was catapulted out of what was actually a very toxic situation for me. So when looking back, I am completely grateful for that having happened. I could have wished that it happened in a little bit different uh, way, but that's the way it happened, and the end result has been incredibly positive. Now, how much of that did did how much of how much time and how much what did it take from you to sort of see that as a positive, or was it way down the road, or were you sort of coaching yourself along all the way that was okay? This happened. I'm going to make the best of it, or was it really like, oh, all right, <laughs> what next? Well, I can say, you know, because I, I, you know, I've been through this process a lot. Um, I think I'm getting faster at being able to see the positive at being able to reframe it for myself. At that point in my life, I would say it probably took a couple of years for me to have that kind of perspective on what had happened. Um, mm. So it was a difficult time to go through. But I, I, I like your interjection, Steve, about the fact that that was a forced change. There certainly are times when we are forced into change. But so much of the time, we can actually choose the change. For example, if I had taken the time, if I had set aside my 
my financial concerns about what I would do if I was unemployed. And I had thought about whether this was a good environment for me, you know, as things got worse and worse and worse. I could have chosen to leave what was actually a toxic uh, situation. So the fact that it, that it happened in that kind of shocky way, in part, was because I was hanging on in a situation that actually was not healthy for me. That's really valuable. I really appreciate you saying that. Indeed, that's a bit of the feather or the two by four. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because my belief is, as I look back over my life, is there are times when I have chosen change, and there's times when it would have been a great idea for me to choose change, but I didn't, and so then I got hit by the two by four. Yeah, we often wonder if that's the soul doing its work at times, you know, really that that we're just not seeing it for ourselves and something's really got to come in and just create that change. And, and although it may seem hard, uh, really, we've got to believe that deep down it's for our best and that we will learn quite a bit from that experience. Mm-hmm. Interestingly oh. enough, I think when when I think of, of personal change, it's interesting, Canada, I ended up in Canada myself as a result of of doing something quite, you know, the other side of that sort of leaving a situation that didn't really support me. For instance, I was living in New York City for so many years. And after a while, I was doing a lot of spiritual work. And the energy of New York was just too intense for me. The noise, the crowds, you know, when when people are really pushed up against each other, you've got no choice but to push back. And there's a lot of aggression that comes out in New York City. I love it. It's a vital, creative city. Uh, But it just wasn't really supporting me in ways I needed to be supported. And so I started to sort of create a vision of where it was that I wanted to be. And I find that if, if you're going to bring change on uh, and you're going to do that with, with intent, um, it's so helpful to sort of in your mind's eye, because once again, energy follows thought. I know I sat down and just made lists of where it was I would like to be. What is it that I would like to be surrounded by? If the noise is too much, I knew I needed silence. If there was too much light because of uh, the city lights, I needed darkness at night. I needed nature. I needed to be somewhere far away from a city. So I sort of made these lists of, of what would be the perfect scenario for me. And I started in meditation, creating space for for my mind to create that perfect vision. I started to feel what that would feel like because it's so important that our our emotions match our thoughts and get really excited and almost expect that. And then I sort of let it go. And before you know it, I was living on a mountaintop in Quebec. (laughs) And, And... I pulled a list out that took a year. It was a year until I I sort of got up the nerve to leave my job and I I, I relocated and took some time off in Quebec and I pulled out that list and here I was, every a, a list of maybe 12 circumstances that I wanted to see and every single one of those was met. But interestingly enough, what I found was I didn't I don't speak French very well and I don't learn foreign languages very well. I lived in Italy for a while and it was an issue and I lived in Quebec and boy, I could not learn French. And so I realized that within that change there was still some refining to do. I realized that I was bumping up against this language issue and I focused so much on realizing that I really enjoy conversation. I really enjoy knowing exactly what somebody's saying. I enjoy expressing myself. And what do you know? I found myself on another mountaintop in Massachusetts running a nonprofit and talk radio. (laughs) (laughs) And we're all very glad for that. 
<laughs> so yeah, change can come in either way. You know that exactly what happened to you, which is you don't see it coming, and boom, you've just got to you've got a deal. But in retrospect, you look back and realize that amazing things happened because actually, you know, your scenario wasn't quite suiting you, and change had to happen. Or in mine, where you say, well, I'd really like a change, and I and I and here here's how I'd like to create that. Mm-hmm. The uh, I want to just introduce one other type of note. Steve, because we've been talking about the personal, we've been referencing the spiritual, but in our work life, which is a really important part of uh, of our lifetime, the what the data tells us is that people change jobs or change careers on average every two years now. You don't wow. just get get a job and you you know get hired and you stay with that company for the rest of your life. So there's a concept, you know, ongoing career management, which is something that I do some professional work in. But the whole issue is to be proactively thinking about what is your next step? What do you need to do to prepare for that step? What needs to happen? And with my life partner, we've gone through some very interesting examples. One was moving from Ottawa to Vancouver, which was going to be very complex in terms of work and personal, and we made a 100-day plan, and we identified everything that we needed to do in order to have it be a positive change, and it worked. It didn't all work out exactly the way we you know, envisioned it, but it worked very well. And so I think we can... If we recognize that our life is full of change, we can uh, manage that. We, we can be in charge of that, which takes some of that fear of the unknown out of it. And I'm looking forward to talking about specific strategies when we come back, Steve. Indeed, because, you know, you mentioned nominating, you know, naming it to put it out there, creating lists. It helps us visualize and it helps that expectation aspect, because really, as we've said time and time and again, we create our own reality. Energy follows thought. And as soon as we can put our mind, as soon as we can visualize that which we can expect in the future, that which we want, we see it, we name it, we visualize it, then the universe can, you know, if we work with it and we get in that flow, the universe starts to assemble the parts that will turn that into a reality. And and it really is one way to do it, positivity is is a huge aspect of that, uh, because within positivity, you know, really is um, possibility, and that's got to be present. It's got to be present in our mind, our body, and our and our emotions. I mean, it's always present in our body. We we were saying that that we're built for change. So we're going to go to a break, and when we get back, let's talk a bit about that. How do we do it? What is necessary for us to create change? We're going to talk about that when we come back. is a brilliant culture and how do we create them why are they important claudette rowley has created a breakthrough five-step process to help you design a culture that is authentic innovative and successful 
Learn how to create change with Cultural Brilliance Radio, the DNA of organizational excellence and Claudette Rowley. To learn more or work with Claudette, visit ClaudetteRowley.com. Artie Hoffman is the hottest psychic with the warmest heart and the host of the hit show Angels and Answers. A renowned psychic, medium, spiritual life coach, and an entertaining motivational speaker, Artie has helped over 15,000 people with his amazing intuitive gifts, his passion, and his humor. Call 877-ANGEL-02 to schedule a personal reading or to have your own psychic Artie party. That's 877-ANGEL-02. And visit ArtieHoffman.com and Angels and Answers on Facebook. The earth is an ever-changing being. Goddess Light, shamanic healer, Bree Gibbs, guides us through the ascending worlds and brings forth knowledge and truth. As a light creator, she is here to provide new information needed at this time in our evolution. Join Bree as she shares messages from guides, spirits, ascended masters, goddesses, and others. Tune in Thursdays at 1 p.m. Pacific for The Silver Gaia Show and live the authentic life. Be unstoppable. Who do executive women count on for up-to-date information on everything from stilettos to being heard in the boardroom? To achieve excellence, you must first take control of your life and develop a successful strategy with the Unstoppable Diva. Tune in to Up or Out with Connie Fife, Mondays 5 p.m. Eastern, as she cuts through the BS to guide you to become bold, connected, and unstoppable. For more information, visit uporout.com. Beyond being this amazing neurologist, inventor, author, Dr. Dan Cohen has been called to look at technology and look at personal and spiritual development and merge these together. As technology uses the healing and psycho-spiritual effects of synchronized sounds, vibrations, electromagnetic fields, and how that interacts with us in our nervous system in what we're calling the Soltec Chair. The Soltec Lounge induces profound levels of relaxation that transition over time into deep meditative states. The synchronized sound vibration and magnetic field induce these states. The subject doesn't have to work at it. To learn more, go to soltecwellbeing.com. That's S-O-L-T-E-C, well-being. Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show. I'm Steve Kramer sitting in for Dr. Pat today. It's been great fun. I'm here with my wonderful friend, Dr. Dorothy Riddle. Dorothy, before the break, we had said we we're going to come back and talk to people about ways they can bring about change, some pointers. So for mm-hmm. our listeners, you want to start with some with some ideas? Sure, sure. Um, as I mentioned, I've, I've had lots and lots of experience with change, uh, physical moves, uh, different. I've started seven different businesses. I've done lots of things as well as personal change. And there's a couple of things that I've learned during that pro- that process that really helped me. Uh, one thing is baby steps. Uh, try to break it down into into small things. Don't try to change everything at once, um, but be able to see progress and move yourself along. Another thing that Steve I've found really really helpful is looking at 
options, you know, when you have different paths that you can follow uh, uh, from an as-if perspective. So I imagine, what if I made this choice? What would that look like? I feel myself into it. Sometimes I live with that for a day. And then I take another option, and I do the same thing. And I, then I have that experiential evidence or experiential data that I can use to choose what's going to really work best for me. Another thing which, um, another image that's been really helpful to me is to not keep pulling off the Band-Aid. You know, if you get, uh, if you get hurt and you put a Band-Aid on and it's building up, uh, starting to scab underneath, starting to heal, if you keep pulling the Band-Aid off, you keep ripping off the scab and it has to start all over again. So you need to give yourself a little bit of space to absorb the change that's occurring instead of you know, having this constant monitoring and critical lens on what's happening. And then the final uh, little tip that I want to share, I got this from Peace Pilgrim, actually, is it often takes three tries before a change actually takes. So you may, uh, you may be moving in a particular direction. You may feel that you've made a change and then like with New Year's resolutions, you slip back, and uh, you need to be gentle with yourself, but it often does take several times before the change is really embedded and has become part of your unconscious repertoire. Mm. Yeah, that's wonderful advice, and that, that's a fact. I mean, that's a biological fact. When we think a new thought, we create these new... We create new connections with our neural pathways, and we've got to reinforce them. We have to repeat them. We have to create a belief system, which is just a thought we think again and again and again. And gentleness in space is a big part of that. You know, we've got to we've got to allow ourselves time to be able to do that without judgment, which is the gentleness part. But we've got to keep doing it. I, you're right. Three times, I I, I think. Uh, three big times, and within those three times, is probably lots of little, 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 you know, uh, little three times discouragements yeah. or little threes in there because it really does take time, and we've got to just stick with it. We've got to be a part of the joy and the excitement that is that creating new pathways and discovering new things. You know, I, teaching meditation, we we start the entire meditation process with a smile. And I find that smiles are so interesting. And I love teaching that part of the practice. Uh, meditation is a wonderful, you know, just a side note, listen, meditation is a wonderful way to support change because you are creating space which allows you to observe. And much of what you were saying, Dorothy, is you've got to be able to observe what's happening and you've got to give it space and you've got to be able to see it clearly and take responsibility um, for what you've put into place. And meditation can help with all of that. But within the practice of living awareness, we start with a smile. And I love this quote by Thich Nhat Hanh. He says, sometimes your joy is the source of your smile. But sometimes your smile can be the source of your joy. Mm, and there is so, there's so much to that because really the smile can be a source of your joy. And that is not only a spiritual fact. That is a scientific fact that a smile literally can transform your world. And that means the world of your brain. Every time you smile, you release neuropeptides. And neuropeptides are these tiny molecules that allow neurons to communicate. So they facilitate messaging. 
and transferring of information when you're happy or we're sad or we're angry or we're depressed, they get the ball rolling. So that's part of that momentum. That's part of being in the flow of change. So not only that, when you smile, these feel-good neurotransmitters, dopamine, endorphins, serotonin, these are all released. And where are they released? They're released in the prefrontal cortex. So that's the part of your brain that's associated with reward, with motivation, with pleasure, with euphoria. The list totally goes on, but you can see how it's totally related to a smile. So we're smiling, we get a reward. So not only that, like it's also your body releases your own sort of pharmaceutical version of painkillers, antidepressants, and there's no side effects to that, except a side effect of a smile is that people smile back. So it's another cool thing of the smile that we teach that smiling is contagious. There's all these studies that show that it takes a concerted effort not to smile when someone is smiling at you. They've done all these tests where they show people all these images of people frowning and making awful faces and really terrible scenarios. And the minute somebody smiling comes up, even though your face has sort of been looking at all these negative things, it's almost near impossible to not smile with someone. And it's mm -hmm. because this part of the brain that, that smiles and also that mimics, mimics a smile is, is sort of an automatic response part. So I find it interesting that, that a smile is totally contagious. It takes, it takes like 17 muscles to smile and it takes 43 muscles to frown. So smiling is just a wonderful way to create a chemical environment within your body that will support change. So smile about change. Smile <laughs> if, if, you know, smile if the world, if your, if your world looks crummy, smile because change is happening whether you like it or not. And a smile will open those parts of the brain that will bring about reward, bring about an open environment that will allow possibility, the idea of possibility and the idea of reward. So smiling is, is, is my uh, sort of medicine and my sort of way <laughs> to just get it all going. <laughs> That's great, Steve. Thanks so much for sharing that. I, I wanna, We only have a couple of minutes left, and I, uh, I want to just interject one thing that we haven't talked about at all, and that is how we can support other people when they're going through a change process. Indeed. Um, when they're choosing to change, that's one thing, but there are times when change, negative change happens to people, and they're caught in it. And I want to give one example that I thought was just wonderful. Um, I saw it on the news, and that is, you know, in the United States, uh, there's been over the last uh, month a lot, a, a, a dramatic increase in hate crimes and a lot of fear on the part of particularly uh, Muslim Americans in terms of what's going to happen to them in the community. And one man decided that he was going to be helpful in this process, and he painted a couple of big signs and he stood outside a mosque with these signs propped on the ground, and they said, you belong. You are part of our community. Mm. And I thought that was so wonderful as a way of supporting people who were having to deal with uh, a very negative uh, change dynamic. Wonderful. Lots of heart energy there. Yeah, so tap into your heart. You know, belonging mm -hmm. is... Heart, mind, man, if that isn't the most powerful combination to support others in their change. Well, it's been great, Dorothy. Uh, I really appreciate that and appreciate all that we've covered in the last three shows. I think it's been uh, 
quite wonderful. I hope the listeners have gotten quite a bit out of it. We are, uh, we're going to be off. Dorothy, it's been great. And we'll it, see you on video next year. Preceding audio was via a Skype call.